0: week odyssey of grit, determination, endurance, and will, where the weak are exposed and the strong revered From Believe Entertainment, this is Falcon's Flight, insights and analysis on your Atlanta Falcons. Now, here's Robert Taylor and your host, Brian Giffin. It is Falcons' flight edition 12 as Hallelujah. <laughs> we recap week six, I should say, of the NFL season as Atlanta finally gets off the schneid and gets their first win. Brian Giffen with Robert Taylor. Middle of the show, Scott Johns will join us from the Atlanta, I would guess, a little bit happier Scott Johns as well. But the Falcons do finally get one in the left side of the column, the win column, 40-23 to 23 up at Minnesota. A lot of things happened well, Robert. The defense played pretty well. They got three picks in the game, including one on the very first play of the game, and that's a bit of a tempo setter.
1: Yeah, and to bar a turn from Chris Berman, they got off the schneid. Yeah. And the big thing that stands out to me is not a lot of penalties. Falcons had five for 25 yards. That's always a big plus, but the three turnovers. And we had talked about this with Bryant McKinney the week before, that Cousins has, in fact, been struggling with those interceptions. And he threw three of them. Yeah. So, but I've also talked a lot about how I don't like to make false narratives or or make something that it's not. But you just wonder how much of the Dan Quinn thing there was in the locker room. Were they really unhappy with him? Was there this sort of negative vibe around? Because it's funny, they get rid of him and they come out and they look like they're firing all cylinders and you go, where did this Falcons team come from? Where have they been all year? And they show up. It's just coincidental, I suppose, but just something that makes you think.
0: In a situation like that, though, I think a lot of times when there's obvious pressure, you know, the coach is going to lose his job if the team doesn't perform. I think it does create a little bit of a vibe where, you know, everybody feels a little bit hopeless, especially when things don't go your way to the level they haven't gone the way for this team. I mean, you blow an onside kick, you blow a big lead in the fourth quarter two different times, and there's kind of an inevitability there, I believe, that's a collective mindset that forms that man, nothing we do can seem to go right, and this guy's on borrowed time here. I know they loved Quinn. Sometimes, you know, a new coach will just simplify and go, look, go out there and hit hard, go out there and play hard, catch the ball, secure the ball, and execute. And it's amazing sometimes how simple football can be when you go out and do your job. What's surprising to me is
1: kind of how, I mean, we did have the three picks, but how unbalanced the offense was. Because a lot of people say, hey, we got to get that run game going before we can get that pass game going, but... You know, Gurley had kind of eye-popping, too, 20 attempts for 47 yards. Brian Hill had 10 for 28. So the run game wasn't that great, but they were able to get it done through the air. And, of course, it was nice to have Julio back and got eight receptions, 137 yards, two TDs. So I just hope they can take that momentum and take how fundamentally sound that game was with penalties and, and turnovers and just build on it and salvage the season. I know a lot of people now, especially some of my relatives, are like, they're ruining the draft. And <laughs> You know, I don't think tanking is a thing like people think it no, is. No, of course not. You play to win. You know, and, and we talked about Matt Ryan's future, and, and, and since the firing, Arthur Blank has had some things to say about Matt Ryan's future. I think he stays put. You mentioned maybe getting rid of him and, and getting some good pieces coming in, and then I said, hey, we, we could use a bridge to that new guy, and Falcons fans are now conflicted. They're feeling good about the win, but they're also going, well, I want Trevor Lawrence. How do we do that? We have to lose. But then they lose, and then it's just this big mind game of what do you want, Falcons fans? Do you want to win or do you want to tank? you got to pick now because everybody was flying high on Twitter. Oh, Falcons win. Like, what do you guys want?
0: Make up your minds. Well, you can bet that if the team continues to play the way it did last Sunday, they're going to win some more games. and that's, I think you focus on what's in front of you first, and then you worry about where the dust settles and where everything ends up afterward. Speaking of betting, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Getting back to the run game for a minute, Rob, you know, it's not always, the goal isn't necessarily a yard or a a milestone in terms of yardage. It's more, can the run game be an effective tool that balances your offense to where it keeps a defense honest and you're able to do more of what your game plan is? They combine for 99 yards, but it's also a situation where three turnovers and early lead will help you a lot 99 yards isn't terrible. It depends on the circumstances, but no team ever goes, okay, we need to rush for 200, we need to rush for 150. So the 99 in this case was certainly more than enough to balance the offense. I'm just
1: glad they got a win. I hope they can put the whole Dan Quinn thing behind them. I hope Matt Ryan, and it seems like he's a consummate professional. He can kind of put it out of his mind about his future with the team and and Blank's words, and they just come out strong against the Lions. And, you know, it's the Lions. The Falcons have been up by 21 on the Lions in the past and given it up. So you, you got to keep that in the back of your mind for sure.
0: 40-23, to 23, the Falcons beat the Minnesota Vikings. Let's get in now to our sound cuts. And let's start with the interim head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And that, of course, is Raheem Morris. He was proud of the play of his defense in this one, which again created a turnover on the very first play of the game.
2: I can't worry about where he's been. I just got to worry about where it's going. And uh, next week, we got to prepare ourselves like we did this week to prepare to go 1-0 and once again. We did a nice job of going home on the Thursday we're off and really locking into the details and getting those guys going, man. And, like, you got to give the guys credit for taking their virtual work, putting it to play today, throughout the week, everything they did on the field. Started on Wednesday with a great practice, came back with a great virtual day, coming back to finish fast on Friday, and the guys really went out and played well, particularly on third down. The guys really did a good job of dictating turns and showing disguise and coming out and really confusing them a little bit to get themselves in a good position to make plays. A couple great plays in there, A.J. with that acrobatic catch, um, Dion off the back to make a really good play right from the beginning on a good throw. I just was proud to see those guys really come to play today, and it's awesome.
0: And Morris, of course, talked about him. This is one of those situations you come into an interim spot where you've been part of the staff like that, and things have gone the way they have. He challenged his guys last week and he talks a little bit here about that.
2: I don't want to talk too soon, but we'll go back and watch the tape and we'll see if he got everything that we wanted out of it with the guys running, the guys hitting, the guys getting to the football and really causing problems. We talked to the offensive guys about leading and they absolutely did that at halftime. They then led me. They got me going in the right direction to be aggressive and it's just some of the things that we want to do there. And it's it's awesome when we ask you guys to stand up and they do it. Today I gave those guys the keys. They took it and they ran with it and we we're we get a good win.
3: Now we were talking a
0: little bit earlier about the running game. Here's Morris on the running game.
2: It was efficient. Our passing attack sets up the passing attack. Our running games, it allowed us to dictate turns, what we're able to do towards the end. It allowed us to own time of possession and is able to get, you know, guys like Todd Gurley and get our guys really going and our run game going and being come off the ball aggressive. You know, even if it doesn't have the mass production of yardage, if it has the production of toughness and presents the things that we want to present, we love it.
0: Matt Ryan was a little bit more. The Matt Ryan that we've grown accustomed to, Robert, in this one, if you look at Ryan's numbers, 30 of 40 in the game, 371 yards and four scores, that's the Matt Ryan that we've come to expect over the years.
1: And I think the biggest thing there that helped him was to have Julio back on the field because yeah. he's a weapon that if he's on the field, it changes how defenses play against you. It changes how they cover your receivers. So to have him healthy and back, you know, Matt was feeling good and loving it. Plus, I think maybe he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder now. You know, when Dan Quinn gets fired, he, I don't know how much he pays attention to social media, but you have to hear some of the buzz. You can't, it's hard to completely block it out. So people are saying, get him out of here. He's no good. Let's trade him. And he said, oh yeah, well, watch this. I still got it. I'm 35 years old. I'm still a premier guy in this league. and A lot of people have said that Atlanta doesn't deserve Matt Ryan. And in some ways, I'm starting to kind of buy into that a little bit. They don't appreciate what we really have. And it's kind of like the old 80s song, guys. You don't know what you got till it's gone. So don't be
0: too quick to dismiss him. Well, Matt Ryan, regardless of the result, regardless of how the game turns out, his preparation for a game never changes. Here's Morris on that.
2: The way Matt Ryan practices and the way he prepares is the same all the time. I got the utmost respect. Uh, the utmost, whatever you want to call it for the man, respect for the guy. He is unbelievable. He'll always be that way. And, like, I, I'll never say this week of practice was better than any other one because of how he always prepares.
0: We can talk of Matt Ryan. Now let's hear from Matt Ryan. He talks about Dirk Cutter's game plan in this one and the play of the offensive line, which was pretty good in this ball game.
4: Dirk called a really good game for us on third down, put us in some opportunities to be successful. I think, you know, first and foremost, it comes down to our offensive line playing well that was one of the better defenses in the league statistically on third down coming into this game, and they had done a good job of getting after the quarterback. I thought our offensive line stepped up, played really well for us today. It's amazing
0: sometimes what you know, getting turnovers and getting some momentum early in the game will do for you. The offense did have a good game. You talked about Julio Jones, eight catches, 137 yards, and a pair of scores. He was a big factor. The offense was clicking more on all cylinders than we've seen in a while. Here are Ryan's thoughts on that.
4: Well, it's good for the confidence of the team. When you have time of possession like we did today, it's deflating to your opponent. And so, not only to have the time of possession to come away with touchdowns the way that we did and score the amount of points we did, shows what we're capable of doing. We just need to find a way to be at that level week in and week out.
0: We talked about a little bit ago that Coach Morris challenged this group. Here is Ryan. Talking about how Coach Morris challenged the offense.
4: He challenged us to hold everyone accountable as best we can. And then, you know, made it real clear for us what you know our responsibility as an offense was, was to go score and to find a way to get it in the end zone. And we were better. Today, we were better with that. And we need to be better with that as we continue to move forward. We talked
0: about the pick on the very first play of this game. That was by Dion Jones. Jones was satisfied with the way the defense played in this one. And he talked a little bit about that.
4: All our emphasis this week on practice is getting back to running and hitting. All the other stuff comes after us. Just like, you know, we always preach the ball. And a lot of guys are ball hunting, but we knew what it was going to take to win this game. One of the things we focused on was stopping the run. So it's just the work that we put in this week. and Like I said, it transferred over.
0: Deion Jones there, and that wraps our sound cuts for this week. And You look back at this when Robert, the... Keys for the Falcons, they dominated on third down. They also dominated in time of possession, owning the ball a little bit over 40 minutes. Hard to score, hard to stay in games when you don't have the ball.
1: Absolutely. I've always said that in my entire life. Time of possession is a big part of a football game. And I don't want to say I'm worried about the Lions. I think one thing I can say about Detroit Lions football, you may agree with me, is inconsistency.
0: No doubt, they over can, a long they, period of time. Yeah,
1: and they can come out, you know, and win a game against the Arizona Cardinals. Who, by the way, if you didn't watch Monday Night Football, they look like a very good football team. The record speaks for itself, but they beat the Cardinals. They fall a little flat against the Saints. They beat the Jags, and, you know, the Jags aren't that great. But it, I think it's just going to depend which football team shows up on Sunday. And, but Lions D-line, according to what site you click on and where you get your information, their D-line is ranked 27th in the league. That sets up pretty well to run football, and they're 19th overall in in total defense. They've given up 18 pass TDs, 20 rushing TDs, so I fully think if the Falcons can come out and repeat the formula that they had against the Vikings, again, I said this when we were going through that 0-5 skid, like, just play a sound, a fundamentally sound football game and everything will take care of itself, the little details. And I think Raheem Morris has been a breath of fresh air, and I think maybe he said, hey, guys, Dan's gone, that's past us, no more fans on social media, no more news outlets calling for his head, it's done, it's over with, let's move forward, let's make the most of this season, what do you say, let's go?
0: Yeah, let's just go win football games, sometimes the formula is really simple, even if the means to get there isn't. One other thought on the Lions, you would expect a Matt Patricia-led team would be pretty defensive-oriented, and they have played pretty well defensively, despite the stat you gave about their defensive line. But inconsistency marks this franchise going back decades and decades. I mean, we were joking with Bryant McKinney a week ago that, well, the Lions are the Lions. And so far, if you look at the record and the results, the Lions have been the Lions.
1: Exactly. And there's going to be fans in the stands on Sunday, and I unfortunately will be at the beach. I can't promise that I'm going to tune in because we're going to do some charter fishing, and it's my first big family trip. I so wouldn't tune in either. I have a new girlfriend. We've been together about a year now, and it's, it's our first big family trip with her family, so may not have time to tune in. I'm going to try. Maybe I'll just set it up on my phone or something while I'm out on the boat.
0: But well, there you go. That's a good way to do it. All right, right now we take a timeout. On the other side of said timeout, Scott Johns of the Atlanta Falcons will spend some time with us as we break this one down and look ahead to the next one against Detroit. This is Falcon's Flight, a presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals. Do you believe? We do. Back right after this. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but Hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality, and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high-quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to mrhardwoodinc.com.
5: Like in football, whether it's in business, recreation, or life, you need a game plan. Is your computer running slow? Is it infected with viruses or malware? Maybe you're a gamer and really want a custom-built computer specifically for gaming. Perhaps like us, you want a lightning-fast, state-of-the-art, solid-state drive to replace that clunky, old-school one in your machine. Your game plan for any of this should be Computers Plus. A lot of the components we use to produce and bring you Falcon's Flight have been upgraded or provided by Computers Plus. Computers Plus is located in Ackworth, Georgia at 3330 Cobb Parkway Northwest, Suite 154. But wherever you are, they can help. Stop in and see them. They also feature a full line of accessories and refurbished equipment. Give them a call today at 770-693-0769. Or check them out at computersplususa.com. You'll be glad you did.
0: It is Falcons' flight. This is edition 12 as we get ready for week 7 of the strange 2020 National Football League season. Falcons coming off a 40-23 win up at Minnesota. And they set their sights squarely in a home date on the Detroit Lions, a team that will invade Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday. And we go to the telephone lines. And probably a much happier guy than he's been in previous discussions we've had with him this year. That being Scott Johns of the Atlanta Falcons. Scott, obviously, these are a little bit better conditions in which to talk. The Falcons finally come off their first win of the year after dropping the first five. to 40-23, the win over Minnesota. Talked to Robert about this in the open part of the show. I thought the pick on the very first play of the game on the part of Deion Jones was huge from the standpoint of kind of setting some tempo and getting some mental juju going out there on the
3: field? Well, there's no question. I mean, when you can set the tone that early in the game, especially defensively, it can really go a long way to helping your ball club secure a win. And I'll tell you another thing that I noticed because of Deion Jones. If you look at him against the Panthers a week ago, he didn't play with the same intensity. He was getting lost in a lot of the traffic during run plays. He was out of position on a couple of passing plays on his time. He came out with a great energy on Sunday. And I think a lot of that is because he wants to play and kind of renew the spirits of the team. And a lot of that has to do with Raheem. I think there's a newfound energy and a newfound uptick with this team. And then I think they're going to ride this as far as they can go. But it all starts with your leader's and Deion Jones is certainly one of those.
1: The Big question, what did Raheem Morris do different than Dan Quinn? Scheming, play-calling, what exactly was it that changed to allow the team to get such a nice result out of Minnesota on Sunday?
3: Well, he changed the status quo. I think one thing that Raheem does, and I, and, and I want to say he did this down in Tampa, I mean, he's always been kind of a hard-nosed guy. He comes from the blue-collar side of things. And Quinn does, too. It's just a different philosophy. What I mean by that is, for instance, in practice this week, Raheem was having the offense run their plays that they were scripting and and their base plays and certain variations of plays you'd already seen this year. Of course, you're getting in that time of year where you're mixing up so when it wrinkles to existing plays, so when you see something that you've seen on film on the field, you're going to react to it. Obviously, the the offense has a wrinkle in there to, to throw you off. But if Raheem didn't like the way that the play was being run, if there was a small imperfection in the play, he'd make the offense go back and rerun it until it was perfect, and he'd do it again. He's demanding perfection right now from the team, and I think that's going a long way. I mean, Dante Fowler said it last week. He said he put the team in uncomfortable position, and I love that because that's making you real uncomfortable and getting you ready in your game planning. And, you know, he had him in pads in the day that you usually don't put your players in pads. That'd be on Wednesday. I think he's saying, look, I'm demanding perfection out of you guys and nothing less will be accepted. And I think that's huge. I mean, if you want to win, if you're going to turn this thing around, which there is still time to do, nothing's possible. It starts with demanding those kind of things from the players. And and look, it's showing. I mean, we got to hope it carries into the Detroit game. But, I mean, Raheem Morris, he brings a different kind of intensity than Quinn did, for
0: sure. How much do you think sometimes in the age we're in, the Twitterverse, the whole nine yards, that people overthink things and they overcomplicate things? How much do you think maybe... There is sometimes some value in simplifying things. Look, just go block your best, just go run your fastest, just go make the you know, go make sure tackles fundamental stuff, as Rob pointed
3: out. That's exactly. It. And I'll tell you one thing that I think is key. I mean, so you got you just compounded upon so many issues under Dan Quinn and it was just so many things to work through and improve on. When you're trying to figure out all these big issues that are compounding, whether it be a special team gap or blown assignments and things like that, sometimes we want to fix everything at once and just overload our brains with, hey, how do we fix it? But the simplest thing in in the human mind sometimes is just go back to basics. Take it back to basics. Figure out how to run your base defense and walk through your assignments and just perfect that. And getting it back to basics in any walk of life can completely reset your mind and help you to get you where you want to be. And I think that's what Raheem is doing right now. He's back to basics, going to each and every position group and saying, look, this is your job on this team. This is your job in this package. This is your job on this play. Do it to perfection. And again, I'll say it again. Demanding that kind of perfection can only be good if, if the players are willing to buy in.
1: Well, Scott, my question to you is, why didn't Dan do that after 0 2, 0 and 3, 0 and 4? Why didn't he go back? Because he'd always, to me, he's always portrayed himself as this intense, tough, or pissed off guy. Why didn't he go back and make him uncomfortable? And why didn't he say, "Hey, let's just start over from scratch. Let's just let's just go back to basics." It just doesn't make sense
3: to me. Great question. I think it just comes down to coaching philosophy and styles. Quinn is more of a uh, interpersonal relationships kind of coach, and he's going to drive the X's and O's as much as he can. But I think he's more about connecting with the player, and, and he's a little bit more philosophical in the personal sense. Raheem is more results oriented. He is looking to get the best out of each player, and he knows exactly how to do it. Raheem is a smart guy. I mean, he thrives on the defensive side of the ball. He also knows what it takes to get the results on offense. And it, like I said, sometimes you just have to reel it back and go, hey, what are the fundamentals we're missing? And how do we improve upon those things? But to answer your question, Quinn is a little bit more of a, you know, sometimes I think he can be a little more introspective and he wants to reach the players on a personal level. And sometimes you have to just speak their language on the field.
0: You know, in the day and age that we're in, where there is the mindset of, you know, tank for Trevor and some of those, of course, none of that's realistic. Professionals don't do stuff like that. Most of these guys are literally auditioning not only for their own job with the Falcons going forward, but potentially another team if they're not a good fit here. And that just doesn't lend itself to, okay, let's go out here and lay down a couple of times and go get the number one draft
3: pick. Yeah, these guys suit up on Sundays to win. It has nothing to do with next season. It's not about where am I going to be playing next year and my future contracts and all that. I think the mindset is, hey, we're one and five. We can still make the playoffs at ten and six or nine and seven. With that seventh seed looming in both playoff fields, so you still got a little bit of room for error. And the players fully believe that, hey, we can go eight and two down the stretch and go nine and seven. And win this because that's reasonable, right? I mean, you have the offensive firepower to do it. You look like you probably have the defensive personnel now, and at least the philosophy to get it done. The players are eyeing playoffs this year. There's no question about it. Are some players probably looking forward to future contracts? Sure. I mean, that's just the nature of the NFL. But I think for the most part, the staff, the coaches, and especially the players are saying, "Hey, are we going to play football in January and hopefully into February?" And some fans will go, "How do you justify that statement being 0 and 5 at one point, now 1 and 5?" But you'd be surprised what kind of the right mentality can take you to that threshold of where you want to be.
1: Well, I don't play for the Falcons, obviously, so I personally can look past games and I can look ahead of the schedule. And for me right now, the biggest game right now that I think could be a defining moment that we could really turn the corner, I think we need to go into Bank of America Stadium and smack the Panthers right in the mouth. I think if we win that, now we've kind of redeemed ourselves from that debacle of a Panthers game. Then you roll into Denver, and everybody knows they're struggling. And then a bye week. I think they could win out before that bye week and then get ready in Week 11 for the Saints.
3: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it starts, obviously, with Detroit. Detroit, they're reeling a little bit. They've got some injuries on the defensive side of the ball. They're secondary, I can assure you not match up with the Falcons receivers. I think Matt's going to have just a monster game on Sunday. We'll see what the defense does. but I think Detroit's completely beatable, but Rob, you're absolutely right. And it's not about the Detroit game. It's all about that Panthers game looming. As a, you know, as a player and as a coach, you're not going to look ahead and go. All right, guys, we'll prepare for, for Carolina on a short week. You're going to take care of business. So Now, some of that game planning, since you are headed into a very short week, some of that game planning, believe it or not, for Carolina is done at the end of this week. You're going to install basically everything up until Thursday, and then you're right Game planning starts on Friday and somewhat Saturday to get ready for Carolina on the road. I'll tell you what, though. I think we're a better team than the Carolina Panthers. I think we were just completely outcoached, and we came out flat. Couple weeks ago here in Atlanta, and I think with the resurgence, if you should go out and dominate Detroit the way you're supposed to do, I think on a short week off two big wins, the dynamic is completely different. And I think you go out there and you beat a Carolina team that, quite frankly, you're better than, and can really, really set the tone to get into that bye week. If you should take care of Denver afterwards, the schedule sets up very nicely after this gauntlet we just ran to maybe make some headway towards that nine and seven or ten and six records Should that be the case?
0: And the Panthers game aside, the one that's already been played, lost in the stench of the 0-5 start, the fact that really have your whole division slate ahead of you. And that's really what it comes down to. If you win your division or have an opportunity to win your division, then the playoff part ultimately takes care of itself, but you've got a pretty deep hole to dig your way out of overall.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're having to adopt the one game at a time. Mentality and that mantra right now because you don't have a choice but to do that. You're not in a position, like Rob said, to even look ahead in any facet. So the division games are going to be more crucial down the stretch. There's no question about that because, like you said, that's where it's going to be hey, how did we do in the division and how do we stack up against those opponents? You still got Brady and Breeze twice. That's kind of your benchmark, but you're right. I mean, it's all about the division play. It's all about stringing together some wins, and at the same time, taking away some of their momentum. Should that be the case, and I'm looking forward to Tampa twice, I tell you, and I know that's a ways away, but I think that's going to really tell you where you are as a ball club. Because if you look at what they did to Green Bay last week, they're going to present problems to Atlanta, and hopefully, we bring our A game. But that's a game that can further our surge.
1: This is a very big if, but I, you know, we just talked about it. I'm looking at how this sets up. They have Week 10 as a bye, Saints. Raiders. Saints. Chargers. Bucks. Chiefs. Bucks. That is grueling right there. Let's just talk hypothetically. We beat the Lions. We beat the Panthers. We beat the Broncos. We're in the driver's seat. We control our own fate. It's a big if, but wow, what a feat Atlanta would have accomplished to turn around after 0-5 to take down the Saints twice and somehow be able to beat the Bucks and we'd take the division. It could happen.
3: Well, you know, it's it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish, and if you can get that momentum, I mean, you don't want to come out and, and peak in the beginning of the season. Should you reach that 9-7 and seven mark and get that seventh seed, if you're a Red hot going into the playoffs and you're battle-tested because you've played Patrick Mahomes, you've played Drew Brees, Tom Brady, guys like that, who's to say that that doesn't make you just a better team overall and you're in the right position, but it's one week at a time from here on out. You know, those guys are completely fixated and, and laser-focused on, on Detroit. You know, beat those guys, then we're in business, but... God forbid we go out and lay an egg on Sunday, for all intents and purposes, the season's pretty much over. But conversely, stringing together wins can only breed more success. So if that's the case, I think we're really going to have something cooking here with some very beatable opponents on the horizon.
0: Well, Scott, as always, man, we appreciate your time. What a difference a week makes. You win one game, you get one thing to go your way, it can turn the whole thing, and we'll find out on Sunday if that's the case. Thanks, as always, my friend, and we will uh, look forward to talking to you next week and hopefully be able to recap another win at 2-5. Got to crawl out of the hole slowly
3: but steadily. Absolutely. Enjoy the fellas. Talk to you next week.
0: Scott Johns of the Atlanta Falcons, kind enough to spend some time with us here this week on Falcons Flight. Right now, Robert and I are going to take a break here on Falcons Flight. When we come back, we'll talk a little more football. Then we will have the soon-to-be world-famous swirly segment. All of that on the horizon right after this timeout, Falcon's Flight, presentation of Believe Entertainment, the number one site for podcast professionals, and we are back after this. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment, Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at
5: 770-318-8880 or go to mrhardwoodinc.com. Like in football, whether it's in business recreation or life, you need a game plan. Is your computer running slow? Is it infected with viruses or malware? Maybe you're a gamer and really want a custom built computer specifically for gaming. Perhaps like us, you want a lightning fast, state of the art solid state drive to replace that clunky old school one in your machine. Your game plan for any of this should be Computers Plus. A lot of the components we use to produce and bring you Falcon's Flight have been upgraded or provided by Computers Plus. Computers Plus is located in Ackworth, Georgia at 3330 Cobb Parkway Northwest, Suite 154. But wherever you are, they can help. Stop in and see them. They also feature a full line of accessories and refurbished equipment. Give them a call today at 770-693-0769. Or check them out at computersplususa.com. You'll be glad you did.
0: It is Falcons Flight, edition 12 of this program the Falcons prepare for Week 7 and the Detroit Lions at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday. That will have some fans in the building, and that will be an improvement. Of course, they had some in there the last time for the Carolina game. They didn't have much to cheer about. But you you start to see a little bit more and more fan engagement, people at least letting some folks into the stadiums, which is obviously a welcome sight in what's been such a crazy year.
1: Absolutely. Touch on baseball a little bit. They allowed fans into the League Championship Series. I'm pretty sure they're going to allow them into the World Series. And I think fans play a big role in sports. I really do. I, I think they can impact the game. I think they can impact a franchise. I think they can impact a player's decision on whether or not he wants to play for that franchise. So, Falcons fans, again, I'm going to beat up on you some and say pick a side. I was a team sport guy, played team sports, and you didn't give up on your team, no matter how bad it got. You hung in there. Give Raheem Morris a chance, because it's funny how everything changed from 0-5 till we just beat the Vikings. Everybody's warm and sunny again. So how about when the going gets rough, the tough get going? Support your team, because a lot of you are just crybabies, and you're spoiled, you're entitled, and everybody's going all this choke curse this curse blah 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 get over it every season is a new day every game is a new opportunity so decide where you are today are you going to just say hey man i ride with the falcons i die with the falcons through thick and thin no matter what i'm going to try to find some positives wherever i can and love my team support them because guess what if you don't think they need your support if you don't think some of that doesn't bleed through you're out of your mind and if you don't think that there's certain athletes that you might want to come play, not just for the Falcons, but in the Atlanta sports franchise, if you don't think they sit there and go to horrible fan base, why would I want to go play for a team like that if I come out and have a bad game because I'm human? Or, God forbid, maybe I do choke one out. They're just going to go on the defensive, and they're just going to attack me. Get it together, Atlanta fans. Really sit down and, and think about this. And because we're an embarrassment to the sports world, and we're part of the reason we are how we treat our teams and how we talk about our teams and how we feel about our teams when things get down. When things are good, everybody's flying high. When things are bad, we want to jump ship, so knock it off.
0: I'll give you some examples, too, in history of fan bases that have stuck by their team regardless. Chicago Cubs, they went well over 100 years without winning world. Now, there is the allure of Wrigley Field, although, again, having worked in it, I'll tell you, from a working in it standpoint, dump, but... <laughs> Fenway Park, I mean, the Red Sox, you know, they have drawn so well. Both of those teams reportedly had curses. Hell, you could make the case that until a couple of years ago, the Philadelphia Eagles were a bit of a cursed franchise in that, you know, they'd been to some Super Bowls, they had had some great teams, but they'd never gotten over the hump in one. Yeah, their fans booed Santa Claus. Yeah, they threw snowballs at him. But I'll tell you this about Philadelphia, man. Their fans are tough. But they also, regardless, still love their team. I remember, I mean, in the years I was with the Braves, I found a little watering hole in Philadelphia that I really liked called Oscars. It's downtown. It's kind of near all the other real happening watering holes. And this one was more of a dive. But I'd go in there and I'd have, you know, a Braves polo on or something because I'd just come from work. And I'd go in there and all these people would rip me. Oh, there's that effing Atlanta guy, this and that. But then after that, hey, buddy, can I buy you a beer? How you been? I haven't seen you since July. And, you know, the thing is that we need that kind of passion in the fan base here. Now, is it a challenge? Yes. Most of those people, very provincially, have lived in those areas their whole lives and rooted for their teams. Here, a little bit like Tampa Bay, it's more of a transient market. People like me, for instance, you know, moved here from somewhere else. You used to call me a carpetbagger. But you know what I mean. It's a bigger challenge in Atlanta because so many people that live here in this expansive population have come here from somewhere else. But it's doable one way or the other. Yeah, of course you boo your team when they're terrible or they do stupid stuff, but you don't abandon them or give up on them is the key.
1: And I definitely felt like there's some fans out there that did that. But I'm going to go ahead and say now, well, you know, once a carpet bagger, always, <laughs> yeah. but... I'm gonna go and I didn't know this, but in my book now, the Eagles are officially have the most savage fans. Oh yeah. You booed and threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Yeah. I don't know how that slipped by me. Good lord, man. It's Santa Claus for crying out loud. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, what time is it? Swirly time, swirly time,
0: swirly time. The Falcon's flight crew is intolerant
3: of Jack Azzareth.
0: There is a special place where morons are plunged headlong into a blue vortex of irony. Where imbeciles are irrigated, dumbasses are drenched, and abject idiocy rinsed away. Where pompous assery comes face to face with porcelain. Where chlorine, tidy bowl, and bleach administer swift, swirling justice. This is our Game of Thrones, where mindsets and hairstyles are forever altered. It is the Falcon's Flight Swirly segment. Now let's get this potty started. Vroom! Vroom! Hey, it fired up on the first pull. <laughs> yeah, time for the swirly segment again, and you and I research these things differently. I always kind of reach into the bag of stupidity from around this great world of ours, and I usually come out with a nugget or two that are worth repeating. And, well, this week is no exception. This week we go to Nashville, but not Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville, North Carolina. A thief was busted with several stakes shoved down his pants leg. Get this while making his moped getaway. In the pouring rain on Monday, Nash County deputies (laughs) said. Earlier, the man stole several steaks worth more than $100 from the Nashville Walmart, according to deputies. Okay, so you're going to get busted for shoplifting and you're going to steal steaks from Walmart. Anyway, Keith Jordan stuffed at least nine packages of steaks down both his pants legs the Nash County Sheriff's Office said. He then walked out of the store without paying, according to officials. Deputies posted photos on Facebook of the seized steaks, along with Jordan and his moped. Here's a quote from their Facebook page. Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night keeps Nashville Sheriff's Office from apprehending a subject riding a moped in the pouring down rain for allegedly stuffing over $100 worth of steaks down both of his pants legs. And choosing not to pay on his way out of the National Walmart deputies posted. Hey Jordan, say hello to the warden. Come here. Oh, oh, oh. <sighs> That's it, boy. Get in
2: there
1: now. I-, I think there's criminals out there that can
4: tune into our
3: show and learn a thing or two about a thing or two. What not to do. Yeah. Don't so nobody go in the bathroom for
4: about well, 45 minutes. Come on, open the window. You see the peanut? Dead giveaway.
0: So Robert, you're a, you're a chef by trade. You're you're one of the best cooks I've ever been around, man. I'm not patronizing, giving you the, the honest, my honest opinion. If you're gonna go and shoplift a steak, what are the odds you're gonna do it? First of all, at Walmart. There's other places
1: where you could get better quality meats, I'm sure. But also, you know, it's, I feel like it's probably pretty easy to shoplift at a Walmart. I don't think anybody's minding the store over there, but man, I'm telling you what, we re- I, I, we really could. I don't know how this would work, but like a crime podcast, like do's and don'ts, because on this show, we've had a drug dealer on a, on a scooter, yeah, a steak thief on a moped, we had a drunk driver drive into a
0: pond full of manure,
1: people robbing stores and their getaway car runs out of gas. We've had two different stories, and it's like, so, hey, if you guys want to know how to do it right, maybe turn into our swirly section, or maybe we will start a, like, or how uh, not
0: to do it wrong, yeah. how not to be a dumbass 101,
1: yeah. I want to throw in a little bonus. It's a kind of a double swirl, almost. We always say we're intolerant of jackassery, and when I think about jackassery, you know what I think of? 2020. Gosh. This entire year of seemingly rational adults losing their minds and bullying people, we try to stay away from this and just make it about sports, which is what I'm all for, because yeah. it's driving me crazy, but they're bullying and shaming people about who they want to vote for and making false accusations about who they are <sighs> as people and Misinformation of COVID of, do we do this or do we not do this? And should I wear a mask or shouldn't I wear a mask? And, and just all of it. One thing I want to tell people is learn how to mind your own business again. Yeah. Just let people live their lives.
0: That'd be a public service announcement. Yeah.
1: The out there. Exactly, man. There's just, man, everybody, 2020 is the year of butt hurt.
0: Well, we've lost our ability to agree to disagree. Yes. You know, we've lost our ability to negotiate, to find middle ground. And that's a scary thing, to be honest, not to editorialize over the top. This is a sports show. But we've lost our ability to find middle ground, agree to disagree, and get on with our lives. Exactly. Man, you just hit the nail
1: on the head right there. Like, if there is something that I would say to you that was so egregious, my opinion, that you just thought I was, oh, my God. You know what you'd do? You'd probably just find another co-host, take my number out of your phone, and just go. Yeah, that guy's just whatever. I'm not going to bother with him. But instead, people just want to keep, you know, getting into your business, and they won't let they won't let it go.
0: No, you're right. Everybody's got to have the last word. Yeah,
1: the last little barb, the last jab. So I'm going to throw 2020 in there, but I also have a little side note. I'm an Atlanta sports fan. Everyone knows this. Everyone knows that you worked for the Braves for many, many years, and and a lot of the The rule changes and and Manfred getting in there and everything that just sort of soured you on the game, made you indifferent. Most definitely. But I still watched. I still got behind them. And for anybody else out there that thinks they choked or it was an Atlanta sports curse, I did steal this little piece of wisdom from my buddy Bo Johnson. I got to give him credit. He does some fantasy podcasts and sports stuff as well for some local radio stations. Anyway, this does not fit the narrative. 110%. They took the best team in the entire league to the brink. Seven games with, listen to this, five starting players under the age of 23. A patchwork pitching rotation in which you name me an NLCS team or ALCS team in recent memory that went out and pitched a game with their bullpen. They did make some base running blunders, but some of that is youth. Mookie Betts made some fantastic baseball plays. So if you think that Turn the Braves off. Don't ever turn them on again. You're ridiculous. And I will go as far as to say, is you're completely wrong. So, with 2020 being what it is, all you trash mouth, choke curse fans, because hey, I'm not saying I don't truly believe in it. I'm just saying this was 110% not one of those instances. They're set up to be successful for a long time. They're going to be very good. Get in there with 2020. You deserve it.
0: All right. Hey, 2020. The water and bleach, there's plenty. Hey, naysayers, it's not there in layers. Get over here. (sighs)
2: That's it, boy. Get in there now.
3: Real deep.
4: The reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass.
0: And the world, to finish your point, is not short on its supply of those. (laughs) It's definitely gone to pot. (laughs) No doubt about it. We just threw it in one. No doubt. A big porcelain one that has an angry face drawn on it. I've seen it. I drew it. That'll about wrap it up for this edition of Falcon's Flight. We appreciate all of you joining us this week, and we certainly encourage you to do so in coming weeks as we continue to chronicle all things 2020 Atlanta Falcons. For Robert Taylor, I'm Brian Giffen. We thank Scott Johns for coming and spending some time with us, as always, from the Atlanta Falcons. And let's see if by the time we do this next week, the Falcons have gotten that second win of the year. That'll do it for us. We're out. So long. Thank you for listening to Falcon's Flight. Tune in throughout the season for updates, insights, and analysis on the Dirty Birds. Falcon's Flight is a production of Bleeb Entertainment.